Hell yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Smart Nonsense, where we talk about entrepreneurship, self-development, and challenging norms. Today, it's episode 46. Belky has wires hanging from the ceiling because he's in his workshop. What's going on, Belky? What are we talking about today? What's going on? We are talking about Dunbar, my company. I'm talking a million miles an hour. Why? Because I brought... What are you mouthing? What are you mouthing? Are you practicing? I'm I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to keep up. (laughs) I brought coffee to the workshop today. I feel like I haven't been me for weeks. But um, yes, we're going to talk about Dunbar. We're going to talk about why Dunbar, what it is, um, why you need to ask yourself Peter Thiel's seven questions before starting a company. And uh, I did my homework and I feel like I could run a marathon and shoot heroin probably and then conquer the world with Dunbar. Thank you you for assigning that. Good habits, bad habits. Heroin's not actually that that bad necessarily. Um, I, I don't know about that. All right. <laughs> I, I I'm just really that. adopting this whole Peter Thiel mentality right now. If you didn't watch last episode 45, we talked about zero to one. We have some loose ends that we have to tie together, close off. Uh, Belky, one, do you have your one contrarian belief? Yes. Really quick. I just realized I got to take it down a notch. I'm going to listen back to that at 2x speed and it's going to be like 6x because of how fast that was. And I'm not going to be able to compute. So uh, taking a a deep breath. breathe. Um, My one important truth that few people agree with me on. And like you said, I took I took the stance where what's one thing a lot of people believe that I disagree with. Um, And for me, that is in all capital letters, you need to have a plan. Um, that's the truth. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's, that's the inverse, right? You don't need that's to what have you a believe. Plan. I believe you do not need to have a plan. Okay. The conventional truth is you need to have a plan. And we've talked about it a lot, but a quick story. Um, this was now about a year ago when I was kind of just setting out on this kind of gap year self-employment mission and a, a mentor of mine um who he runs an innovation incubator for for high school students and teens um and i remember we were catching up and and you know n- no hard feelings but he basically told me like henry i think you're too scattered and you, this is someone who's entrepreneurial which i let me i tell you that all the i know time. let me preface this with like i agree but he was like i think you need to sit down and figure out what you want to do and be in 10 years and when he did that, I was like, mm, I'm going to go the other way 10 times harder. It's just like, it, it gets back to our hot and cold analogy, which we've talked about before. I'm 23 years old. I have no dependence. I have few responsibilities. I am in a no rush. I, I, I have no issue with shooting shots and taking risks and doing anything for the next three to five years before figuring out what's right for me or what I want to do. And, and I'm sure something will come up in the meantime. So um, to sit down and and come up with what you want to do and be in 10 years, I think is futile. Um, it could be good, but yeah, what do you think? This was, well, it's kind of interesting because zero to one, Peter Thiel was kind of talking about this because there is this controversy of plan, no plan. Um, he's framing it in the book. It was 2014. A lot of people were like this whole lean startup just have minimal viable product and just kind of test as you go. Like you don't have a real solid plan. So I think he was pushing back against that. Maybe the the tides have turned and now it's too plan heavy. 
So you're you're pushing back. Like Peter Thiel's the have a plan side. You're the opposite of that. Um, I am too. I think I'm wondering if because venture capital, like you always come in with a, a business plan sort of approach and you're pitching them on this whole idea, you have to have it pretty clear and well thought out. Whereas maybe we don't need that as much. I think even that's changing, right? You used to have to knock on doors and, and show up to those those pitch meetings with your deck and your business plan and your X, Y, and Z, who else is investing in the round. I think that's changing a lot too. And it's becoming more casual uh, it, fundraising. And it, yes and no. It depends what sector you're in. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I also don't want myself to think and others to think I have no plans. Like I have these micro plans that are like week to week things, small projects I want to do and things that need to get done. But I don't want to lock myself into some seven year plan by sitting down and and writing that out. Uh, At least not at this point in my life, maybe when I'm 35 and and need to pay bills. But I think the difference is the difference between, I don't want to say like a trail map or like say a plan or like a, I don't know what you call like a route, a route versus like your North star, your direction. Like you have generally the direction you want to move. Exactly. It's entrepreneurship related. You, doing whatever you want on your own time. And you're going to find out exactly what that is along the way. Um, But some people want to know the exact path to get to the North Pole, whatever the North, whatever. I'm thinking North Star because I was just listening to a lot of good David Perel podcasts. Mm. I sent you a couple. I queued him. I'm I'm listening to a couple right now. But one was uh, Jason Fried, who wrote Rework. Great book. One of my favorites, actually. And the idea there is he's building businesses but he doesn't want them to grow, like grow as slowly as possible versus like, that's a contrarian belief that I realize that I embody. I want that. Mm, um, even though I don't do. say that necessarily. I'm, no, like, I'm like, Dylan, let's build this. Like, Oh, there's a good platform. Come on and help with Dunbar. And you're like, no, like I just want to do this one thing super slowly and super well. When I went to, uh, or when my dad and I, we went to Cuba and everything's just like, we're running around. We're at that American pace. Actually, the last line in the podcast is like, uh, it's such a bad thing, the American work ethic. That's our worst export because mm. like everyone's just rushing around now. But in Cuba, there's this one simple word that's just like, check your pace. It's just tranquilo. It's like, yo, fucking check your pace. Like you're, you're going too fast. That's Slow worldwide. Down. That's worldwide too. We're so not used to it, but yeah. I think that's a great mentality. And there, Jason Fried, who started Basecamp just for context um, and a couple other companies, but... uh. It's basically like his one measure is, are we profitable? If we're profitable, just keep going at the pace that we want. Mm -hmm. So I think that's awesome. Like I want to embody that more is like, just grow at the pace that's right for you because you're trying to have this, this like deep roots of a solid business that's going to last generations. Yeah. I know we're off topic. We want to get back, but uh, I I realize I just love the whole contrarian nature. Hey, you know what's actually pretty good is when you... um yeah, you're a little contrarian. When you uh, when you interview people without me, it's pretty good. Hey! I'm, not, I'm, I'm not so sad that I'm gone. Actually, <laughs> yeah, you, you're like actually you don't know listening to the guest and like asking <laughs> questions. It's good. It's good, and your interests Maybe are good. I tell you that. Book them all on the weekends, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was listening to uh, shoot. What was it? Was it Jenny? Is that her Jenny name? Dyer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, very cool stuff. I'm about halfway episode through. forty. Episode yeah. forty. Uh, I want to quickly mentioned too i'm getting more obsessed with peter Thiel. listening to david perel talking with ryan holiday right now 
on their podcast about Peter Thiel, because I guess Ryan Holiday had a book about that Gawker thing that I mentioned, the Netflix documentary. Gawker. But uh, it, did I really say that? Rhode Islandy? Something it, like It's that. cool because he's not, he's not trying to be contrarian. He's just trying to be an original thinker. Like he, he really builds from the ground up himself, kind of first principles related. But yeah, like that's, he comes to these conclusions. It just happens that the conclusions are a lot are different contrary. than that, That's That's kind of how I feel is like, I try and take the first principles approach with everything. And a lot of the things I say and, and converse about, like they come off as me being really contrarian, but I'm really just trying to like get to the bottom of things. Like, why is this the way it is? And obviously that's contrarian because these things are the way they are. Um, and so my mom, my mom tells me all the time I'm a contrarian and uh, I'm really just trying to learn. I'm, I'm trying to figure uh, the world out. So it's really fun. It's like the toddler approach. Yeah, so exactly. You, you do your first principles did, of why you want to start your oh, own business. Yes. Oh. Um, so I started with the the seven questions you sent me for starting a company, which, which came up from Peter Thiel, especially it was clean tech related, right? Like things he saw go wrong in clean tech. What is clean tech? I, I, I missed that. It's just like the green energy movement. Oh. Okay. The green movement. And what, it failed and completely? And it's tech related. So it's like there were a lot of these companies that were coming up and like, oh, we're going to have this crazy new biofuel or like wind turbines and just a lot of BS companies there. It was okay. a bubble. Okay. Um, but he, he came up with these seven questions, the engineering question, timing question, monopoly question, people question, distribution question, durability question, secret question. And those were all kind of like different chapters in, in zero to one. And I started there and I answered all those questions. And this is when I text you saying I'm getting all juiced up because <laughs> as I started working through these questions, I was like, not only am I stoked to build Dunbar, it's 10 times what I thought it was. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that's not the conclusion I wanted. <laughs> that is the conclusion. And then it was really, really easy for me to answer the why Dunbar question after doing that. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have why Dunbar, but um when I did those seven questions, which you should put in the show notes uh, for anyone wanting to do anything, start anything, ask themselves what they're doing in their own company uh, or in a company they work for. I think it was really interesting. And I just took 30 minutes and did, did it. Um, so let's go back. What is Dunbar? Um, you can also link the video I made, which I tried to keep both specific, but also somewhat vague uh, because it is my secret, though I don't. And it's Quite. also vague because you have no plan. Exactly. Um, so Dunbar was, I it came out of this space where literally just one day I was on Facebook and probably someone posted something and I was like, who the heck is that? We've got 85 mutual friends, which is decent by any metric. We should know one another. And I have no idea who this person is. Um, and then I go into my friends list and there's two, 3,000 people. And I'm like, okay something's happening right now. This is also when like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's testifying before Congress about privacy laws and, and all these different things are kind of clashing. Twitter's cracking down on, on Trump and, and hate speech. And um, so I'm like, okay, something's happening. Something's happening. I don't like it. It's not good. And I think I came, no, I didn't go to you first. I was talking with a friend and we were like, well, what if we just dumb this whole thing down? First principles, and go back to the reason these platforms were created, which was, you know, to, uh, if we take Facebook, for instance, it was to find and, uh, like maintain your, your classmates, maybe a couple hundred people at Harvard. Um, I'm like, can we take it back to there? And I was doing some research. I find Robin Dunbar, the psychologist who's still alive, by the way, I'm going to get him on 
Um, he's he's uh, faculty at, is at he Oxford. Is on Twitter, baby? No, no, but he's faculty <laughs> at Oxford, which means he's got an Oxford.edu. Robin Dunbar, I'm coming for you. I will find your email. Um, but he basically had this notion, and a lot of people have heard it. Maybe they don't know it's Dunbar, but he said, essentially, there's a, a cognitive limit to the amount of social interactions we can have. And I remember growing up, it was always like, you can only know one to 200 people by name, by face and by name. And Dunbar is like, that number is 150. And what I think is so brilliant about what he said is it's the 150 people you could meet at a bar and not be embarrassed to join for a drink uninvited. So you just stumble into them at the bar and you're not afraid to grab a drink and join them and, you know, kick it. Those are your your Dunbar 150. For some people, it's three. Uh, for myself, it's probably like, I don't know, 20 to 30. And some people it's 200 and that's fine, but, but there is a limit and Facebook has far exceeded that. Um, okay. So do you have any questions so far? No, I, I think the one clarification is Facebook didn't necessarily intend for that purpose. It's more so just to keep you connected maybe with fringe people. Like it, it's cool seeing these people as long as you know their name right, and so face. I, you know, it's great that we're at this point probably three degrees of separation from everyone on the planet. It's seven or whatever it is. But then also, like, why are we not spending time with the seven people we're closest to? That's that's the problem. It's, it's not a substitute to say I'm liking their pictures and I'm commenting on my mom's stuff. And, you know, we're going back and forth on Twitter with my friends and family. It's not enough. It's not enough. Um, because we know, and, and Harvard has done these studies that show the quality of your relationships is the greatest signifier of health in the second half of your life. More than drug use, more than exercise, more than, you know, uh, alcohol consumption, everything. It comes down to quality of relationships. Um, and, and that's what I also realized when, and what we can go through each of these questions. Think about right now. This is kind of a secret. Everybody who is just online right now, because we're stuck online, is freaking the fuck out for like personal human connection. Like we're missing it. And so now we've, we've been squeezed into this world that is basically like only exists on Facebook because that's all we can do right now. Uh, I'm painting with a broad brush, but you see like people are going crazy. They're um, starting podcasts just to talk with exactly, people semi like exactly. in person. Um, okay, so I do want to say real quick, yeah, though, please. Uh, and people have probably heard this before, but it's like you're technically better connected than ever, but you're less connected than ever. Yes, and I think that's important. Plus, this idea that kind of similar to what you mentioned, the number one way to tell the health or hypothesize the health of someone is their relationships. Also, with income and making money in life, you get to the certain level where you cover your basic needs and you're comfortable, not concerned with it. There are two other factors, and maybe I'm going to forget the second one, but one of them is the depth and quality of your relationships in terms of determining your happiness. Mm, I really want to remember the other one. Maybe I'll, yeah, maybe okay. I'll put it, I'll, I'll remember it tomorrow, It'll but that's, that's one of them. Yeah. And so uh, I took all those things and I, I took these kind of facts. I, I was researching this is now probably six, nine months ago. It was October. That's when it was. And uh, I was like, great, let's create a platform that is just those 150 people and basically cap it at that, not let it get out of control like Facebook did. We're not going to sell data. We're not going to, you know, have any privacy breaches. Like that's not how we're going to make money. We're just going to do it right. And it's going to be a hard reset. 
And when I was talking about that with friends, what we ended up doing was coming up with a platform that was like, you can post pictures to your top 100 and you can like and, and comment and do all that. And we were like, wait a minute, we're creating Instagram just for your 150 people. And that's hard to code too, is like, um, what happens, Dylan, you're in my Dunbar, you're on my platform, you're, we're liking pictures and stuff, you're in my top 150. And then we, uh, you and I fall out, like in three days time, we have a big fight. It's like, is it the app's responsibility to like block both of you on each other's? Like, can it go over 150? It, it was messy. And that's when you and I talked. And this is when things got interesting. And I remember you saying like, no, that's not it. And I was like, yep, that is not it. And you were like, make it super, super simple. Kind of a first principles thing. Just make it easy for people to meet up with one another, incentivize them to do so, and they will sort themselves out Dunbar, Dunbar wise. And so then the platform became, okay, great. If you just show up with somebody uh, to a coffee shop or a participating restaurant, and you're with at least one friend, you're at least two people, you get 10 or 20% off, off your, your drinks or your meal or whatever it is. And that way, over time, we don't have to hard code who's your 50 people, who's your 150 people. We'll just be able to see based on your, your human interaction, like who you're spending time with. Um, and then you can do a lot of interesting things from there. And that's why I was so bummed for a long time. But this actually gets to the, the what is it, the people question. Because you had this key insight about Dunbar. I think you kind of shifted the whole mentality of the app, but you're not interested in working on it. I do not want to take credit for any of this because <laughs> I know it's going to go into the ground unless we test these assumptions and test them. Yes, there's a lot of assumptions. And actually, um, a kind of an in interesting one was I was talking to somebody last night and he was like, um, we, we got to talking like, obviously what Robin Dunbar pitched and, and hypothesized was this 150 people cognitive limit. That in it itself is an assumption. Like we might do this and have some success and create this app and find out that Dunbar's number is actually 400 or 600 or 800. Like the, the, the core of the entire app is an assumption. And, and that's something we have to figure out um, down the line. But what I want to do, and maybe we go through the questions first, but I do want to see how we can test the basic assumptions of like the value proposition that Dunbar would have. See how we can test that super easily, super quickly, super cheaply. But maybe you want to go over the seven questions first. Well, really quick, you. and you and I have talked a bit about that, but it's, it's as simple as, uh, this is like MVP stuff, minimum viable product, and just iterating and iterating and testing. It's like assumption number one, and again, we've talked about this, it's like, can we get two people to walk into a coffee shop together, show their phones, you know, or give a code that they're there for on Dunbar's behalf. And will the restaurant give them an agreed, agreed upon amount? Well, like, all right. I just want to get into it. Cause fuck, maybe fuck we'll it. come back to fuck the, it. the seven questions, but fuck the seven questions. All right. There are so many assumptions there, right? Within just people walking in, using an app for it, talking to the restaurant. What I liked was, I think it was maybe from how I built this, is it Brian Chesky or Joey Gabbiet? Uh From what, what company? From Airbnb. Whatever the okay. Airbnb, how I built this. I think that's what it's from. But they were literally taking photos for 
people putting out their homes in the early days of Airbnb because they didn't know how to take good ones. So if you, you know, you were looking at a hotel, comparing it to staying in some dude's house, and it looks like you took it in the bathroom, uh, like a mirror selfie, it's shitty and you're not going to want to stay there. So they paid professional photographers to come to these people's homes in New York or wherever and take the photos. Uh, so it was super like very hands-on, not scalable. And then you figure out how to scale it later. So what I'm thinking is like, okay, you have this assumption. I think the most critical one is are people going to want to meet up with each other? And I mean, I, I would love this. Like I was thinking about it before with like, if I could just ping my schedule. So like my Google calendar has some openings in that. If that just gets mm. sent out to the world, like Dylan has an opening from 2 to 4 p.m., Anyone want to hang out, grab lunch, grab a bite, grab a drink, whatever. That would be so cool. It just yeah, like kind of functionality we've, we've talked about bringing down the line. But I think uh, fundamentally there, what you could maybe do is just, I don't know, is your target audience like people our age, like Gen Z type people that are yeah, always on their phones? But um, I, I know it's naive to say everyone, but... We know, like like we were saying, it's it's the quality of your relationships in the second half of your life that are so important. So yes, it's like Gen Z now, but also well, people who, would, who are 40, who would be 50. more like who's your uh, I forgot yes. the term for it like first uh, adopters consumer segment yeah yeah Gen Z. You think they would want Gen- to well that's an assumption the, in itself. But. The 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 niche of Gen Z that's like fed up with the Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat ecosystem. Are your in person friends fed up? Are they that type of demographic? Yeah. This is, and this gets to the secret question. It's, it's so interesting. Everyone I tell about this, um, maybe they're just being nice, but I doubt it because I tell people, you don't have to be nice to me. Um, they're like, oh yeah, like I do, I do have that problem. I don't know any of these people. I don't use Facebook for this anymore. Like I only go on Facebook to see people's birthdays. Like I, I feel like when I tell people, it makes me realize like, oh, this is actually a secret that people aren't realizing is it's just about to implode on itself. Like Facebook is just imploding slowly, but um, at least in, in our demographic. Here's where, so I get scared when you're like, I want to find a developer. You have not much coding experience. It would be, it's a shit show. Like once you get into building a team, super dangerous. So I'm thinking like you have your friends, right? With their demographic, they're clearly fed up with Facebook other than birthdays and et cetera. What if you're like, all right, this is a friend who I know is fed up. Who are his 10 closest friends or whatever? And then you're like, hey, let's call him John. Hey, John, you give me 10 bucks and I'll book your calendar this week with lunches with your closest friends. And now you're testing the assumption that they're doing it because of the money. Like that's an assumption too. And then, or sorry, you'll give... I'm paying them. You Sorry. I yeah, would, yeah that's, okay, that's, okay. 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 Say, oh, that's that's super interesting. All right, yeah. well, whatever. It's the same thing as the restaurant giving them a discount. It's like, hey, if you meet up with one of your friends this week, I'll give you 10 bucks. I like that. And maybe you don't want to incentivize because there is, like, you don't want to give people money for something they'd naturally do. Maybe it's actually they they don't give a shit about the money. It's just if you can connect them with their friend. Like, hey, uh, maybe that's worth testing before even the money part is just... Hey, uh, do you want to have lunch with a friend this week? And then you reach out to all those friends, be like, hey, do you have an opening in your schedule? You know his schedule, her schedule, whatever. And then try and match them for like a lunch date at X place. Yeah. See, the problem is, and this gets to the timing question, I guess we can kind of weave all these in here. Um, 
just in terms of COVID, like these things are much harder now. I really like that though. That's like super easy. Just to prove the point, like if I give you X incentive, will you just go eat with this person? I feel like the answer is so obviously yes. I, but but you can't, right, you can't make that assumption. Yeah, it seems like, all right, he's already a friend. I was asking about meeting up with this person and you yeah. just arranged it for us. Yeah. It sounds like a service, like you, you have your own assistant. But that's not what the app would do. It's not a, it's not a meetup arranger. Why not? Like, isn't the problem? The problem for me is like, I, I would love to have lunch with someone every single day, but I don't want to reach out to all my friends and be like, hey, you want to grab lunch? Oh, yeah. See, a that's a completely different problem. That's like, that's like you need an assistant to manage your life. But I mean, you could obviously scale that with software and just like it checks schedules of your friends cross references with yours uh, wow i gotta write this down that's 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 a heavy hitter well there are so many assumptions of like what people find valuable for me that's what i'd find valuable is just like oh uh, i put out i'm free tomorrow and then all my friends can like oh you're free you want to grab lunch and i can kind of like pick who i want to go to lunch with so you want this to cross reference your um my schedule with theirs. Yeah. Cross-reference your schedules so that it automatically plans. And and so what, what I kind of did was design that aspect into the app. Remember we talked about this, like you could, it's 6 p.m. and you can set a beacon on the app that says like, hey, I'm going to Domino's at 6 p.m. and it's going to notify all your Dunbars. You know, maybe it's 40 people, like who's in? Um, I even think... Well, just because my, I feel like people have generally the same schedules, like in college and work, like you get off at this time, you don't have to do it immediately. It could be planned in the future. Like, Hey, for the next week, I know this is roughly my schedule. And then it, it just pings out. And like, if any match up, it's like, Hey, Dunbar's like, Hey, do you want to have lunch with Henry this week? That's super sure. interesting. And it books it for you and make it easy. Huh? Okay. Wow. Um, You I mean, this my is world recorded, view. so you don't even have to take notes on the buggy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry for my silence. I'm like seriously <laughs> typing because that's really interesting. Um, but but that's something we have to test. Is like, okay, if it's a platform that just offers incentives for you to meet up with people, is that hurdle like you say of of texting someone or figuring out on the app like who can meet at this place at what time? Is that too much? Well, that's okay. Friction? So, is it too much friction? Yeah. So I'm I'm testing. You're basically testing two at once. You're trying to take out the friction plus add monetary incentives. I'm saying just start with the friction. If the friction isn't the main issue, then maybe it's the money. I don't think it's the money. Like if you're paying me to hang out with my friends, I don't think that's what I'm missing. I'm missing the awkwardness of texting all my friends who wants to hang out. Because I I do have like 20 or so friends that I'd love to hang out with in person. And what's the friction there? It's awkward to reach out to them? The friction is like arranging like, hey, you want to grab lunch this week? Oh, what's your schedule? What's yours? And you have to do that with 20 people just to set up a week's of lunches. If I could easily just have, you know, it it shows up like, hey, do you want to grab lunch with this person on this date? This person on this date? This person on this date? Oh, wow. I have my whole week set up with no effort. And you're saying no incentive. You're saying you wouldn't need an incentive 
to meet I up with them. I don't think so. That's enough for you? Maybe I would. I'm I'm not sure, but I think starting with the friction, because you have too many things you're you're adding to the okay. hypothesis. I'm gonna start with friction then. Wow, Pap. Um okay, that's that's really interesting. Um where do you want to turn do you want to go over these? Or do you well, we're kind of running oh my gosh, time flies when you're having fun. Um why don't we turn to why Dunbar then? But I feel like now we have so many unanswered questions, but but we should talk about Probably why Dunbar? I also want to get into like actual actionable steps that you're going to do this week to test this whole easy. friction idea. Okay, um, it's super easy. You, you no, literally no, no. just I know call it's super friend. easy. I mean, uh, uh, for for a time uh, from the from the stance of time. Um, well, I'm rattled right now, and you know why I'm rattled? It's because you bring up such a good point that I want to like shut down the podcast right now and just sit here and think. <laughs> like I need to just sit and think. And figure out like, okay, what what is that first assumption we need to test? And it sounds like, okay, it's either friction or money, but you can't test both at once or you will get confounding results. Um, okay, do you just want the notes for what I jotted down for why Dunbar? Sure. Yeah, like, well, start, like, I mean, the way I did it, I don't know how you did it mm-hmm. necessarily, but it's like, all right, why am I starting Dunbar? You get one layer of why. Oh, I, that's then you break that. That's right, how'd you do it? it? You know, you don't listen to me. So it's I basically what happened was, like I said, I did those seven questions and then related to each, I basically came up with the why for each of those things. Um, so I have like six points. <sighs> you sounded like me breathing all heavy. <sighs> I don't know. If you, I don't know if you want these six points. I don't know if it was what you were looking for. Well, get to the essence of really. And why, it's why things we doing? talked about. Okay, I'm just going to rail them off so that we can go on to action items. And I got to eat lunch. Um, and then I got to think. I need a lot of time to think, Pop. Um, okay, the way we, I, I wrote, the way we use social media platforms to check in with the people around us isn't sustainable. That's what we're figuring out now. Um, all of the founders of these platforms have gone crazy. They've denounced them. They don't let their kids use it, except Zuckerberg for some reason. Weirdo. Um, if that's like If that's not enough, I don't know what is. So I've got that. Um, I have 2,500 friends. I don't know who they are solving a problem for myself first, a small problem that I'm realizing a lot of people have. Um, we've talked about this. The quality of relationships are the single best signifier of health. We don't have quality relationships online. And like I said, like if you look at everyone now, like does this look like quality relationships online? Like people are going insane because they're stuck online. Um, it's a win, win, win. If we're talking monetary, the Customers are getting incentives and value for showing up with friends. Hopefully something they do anyways. Restaurants are getting at least two people in the door from Dunbar. Great. Uh, And Dunbar wins somehow. I haven't figured that out yet. (laughs) And then the last one I wrote is like, we're taking the kind of successful aspects of a whole bunch of different platforms, be it Facebook, text messaging, Grubhub, like WeChat payments, Seated is like an incentives app to, to sit down at places and we're kind of taking all those things that work, getting rid of the bad stuff, and then channeling that into something that hopefully, if these assumptions are correct, um, will kind of get people back on track with, with the people they're closest to. That's what I have for the why. And they came out of those seven questions. I think it makes a lot of sense. And plus, it's solving a personal need like you've seen this problem before. It, it you know, You're solving it for yourself. My question now is why... Why couldn't you just have Dunbar be this thing that's just like this this sort of luxury service within Chicago? And, you know, 
you, you can still make a lot of money, like support yeah. yourself. Make see, this is where you, this is it. where you and I differ. Yeah, I, well, that's why I'm curious. Yeah, what right, you want to right. Do? I don't know. I, I've been on this quest to just like change the the landscape of the world. Um, whereas you're like, I want to change the landscape of my community and my neighborhood. And I don't know why that is. And I don't know if that's going to change, but like, you know, I see someone like Elon Musk, everyone says this, but like, I want to make the SpaceX. I want to make the Tesla. I do want to make the Facebook. I just don't want to manage it so poorly. Um, but you're not trying to be a billionaire. No, you're trying that's, to have that's the, the weird thing. No. And like, at the end of the day, I'm a social entrepreneur, right? And, um, in, in social entrepreneurship, when you're creating in, uh, uh, businesses that have impact, they have like three bottom lines. That's a bottom line for your investors and your shareholders, a bottom line for the people you're serving and, you know, hope to change their worldview. And then the bottom line for the company, obviously. Um, oh, I unplugged my headphones. And so, I don't know, when, when I dream of, of creating things, it's always in the scope of doing the biggest technological, it's kind of like the Peter Thiel, you know, like literally rule the world in that domain and rule the world in the technology you create. One thing that I liked about that David Perel and uh, Friedman podcast, Friedman, am I saying Friedman, uh, Freed podcast, Jason Freed, is he's like, everyone in Silicon Valley, I see this a lot and it's the whole mentality with venture capital, is everyone's rushing around trying to build these giants tomorrow. But there's no rush at all. Like it makes no sense. You have this super long life to live, just make it sustainable. And that's by being profitable. And you don't have to have these investor pressures. That's partly why I like to push back on like having these crazy ambitious dreams of changing the world. Because a lot of times that means you have to take on money and outside pressure. You know what I think it comes from? I'm realizing for me is I've kind of spent my entire life dreaming up ideas and businesses and pitches and like things I want to do. And it's been a lot of, of people not believing in those things. And I want to create something that's so massive and so huge and so responsible that I never have to try and convince people. It's kind of like the Jim Clark uh, in the 90s where like he was always on the cutting edge creating the new, new thing from Michael Lewis's book. And he he came to the point where... Who is this dude? I don't know who Jim, Jim Clark is. Jim Clark, he's the founder of Netscape silicon graphics basically like the reason we can do anything online like that was jim clark mm -hmm. and he got to a point where like he didn't have to explain himself anymore people just believe the things he was saying and i think being so different growing up my entire life having to try and explain myself i'm on this quest to create something that's massive and has changed like dunbar changes people's lives so that i never have to explain something again you know, it, it's kind of like the, the PayPal mafia, right? They create PayPal. It's this wildly successful thing. And then people are just running and screaming to but get behind them. By the same token, would you argue that Derek Sivers isn't influential? No, no, no. You can be influential to two people. And I still right, believe that I think too. he's had compared to like, there are people in the mafia that I don't even know. Granted, their, their impact is through the business, but Derek Sivers may have had a larger impact just from writing his book and, you know, touching a couple hundred thousand people through CD Baby. So it's not like 
again, I, I want you to change the world. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I just like, how do we bring it back down to reality and then test it and make sure you, you really want that? Yeah. But, uh, well, let's okay, talk so, about, let's talk about action items and then, uh, all right. So one, do you actually think, cause I know I threw out friction. Maybe that's not the approach. I'm not sure. For me, it's friction. I, think. I know. But this is kind of the first I'm hearing of it. That's why I'm so, I need to sit and think. Um, right. I, I didn't assume it was a friction issue if it's the 20 people you're closest well, what with, I right? sent you last night about the book Drive. The book Drive is like, um, it's all about incentives and like, um, what is it? Like getting people to really want to, to work and invest their time and stuff. And basically money isn't a good incentive unless you're doing like some factory item and it's like, we'll pay you more if you get more widgets out. That's the only time. Other than that, if you're trying to do anything creative or, or really change the world money isn't the influencer and i think this is more in the second realm it's like you're not building widgets here you're not just trying to do the uh superficial you know connections what I, I'm, I'm realizing a problem with the friction is you're assuming that everybody's diligent about using their google calendar and their iphone calendar appropriately so that everything is scheduled in that that i know but you can solve that by just being like hey i'm i'm normally free two to four okay Oh, you say that on the app? Sync. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised at how few people use their calendars. Uh, I know, so I dictate. don't. I, I don't. Yeah, well, I, I kind of do with the podcast, but but even again, you don't have your calendar. It's like you have the calendar just there, so that if an event pops up, it'll block that time off. Mm. You know? Yeah, whatever. That's like super yeah, yeah, fine yeah, details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, if it is friction, I think the easiest way to test, and you could literally test this today, just with a couple hours. You just call one of your best friends that has this problem. And you're like, okay, I know John. He has all these problems. And not your dad. <laughs> he has all these problems. I'm going to call his closest friends, see if they want to meet up with them this week. And then, you know, assess, do they actually meet up? Yes. Uh, did they have a good time? Was this worthwhile? How and long you can was figure it? out the what? monetization yeah. stuff after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. That's probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it on Monday because I'm going to start filming vlogs and I want that to be in there. It's uh, <laughs> isn't it Wednesday? What's today? I'm I'm not I'm not doing anything this week. I got other things to take care of. I pop. I need to learn how to use Notion. Well, you can still do it by Wednesday. The only this would literally take what do you an mean hour. You by do Wednesday, uh, like a week, even a week next. Yeah, Wednesday, I will. I'll do it on Monday. I want to film it. I I want to I want to show ah, ah, okay, these micro okay. tests. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if I do it today, I'm not going to film it. Is what I'm saying. And I think that's mm-hmm. valuable uh, insight to, to put online. So, oh, um, this is the interesting one real quick. Because okay. this goes back to the Noah Kagan video uh, with Tim Ferriss. I've mentioned it before. But he's like, how can you make $100 by the end of the week? So, you you first test, like, well, are they willing to do this? And then you can start putting a monetary value. You, like, mm. charge them for the service. Ah. Or maybe that's maybe that's actually what he says is to start with. It's like, hey, give me 10 bucks, and I'll, I'll schedule an appointment this week. That's so hard. Okay. How do you do that now? Because people are so, granted, like some of my friends are looser than others in terms of meeting up, but like it's not easy to do right now. With COVID? Yeah, that's why like my plan of action was create a minimum viable product, right? Test it on five, 10 people so that it's ready to test at five restaurants in April or whatever. You're pushing shit off. Uh, One-on-one meeting, it's not like you're trying to assemble a Dunbar in a fucking restaurant. You're just trying to get two people to have lunch together. They can wear masks or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, hey, are you missing people? Give me Mm. 10 bucks and I'll connect you with three people this week. I'll set up the lunch dates. 
uh, like arrange it whatever restaurants you want or cafes okay. yeah i think it's doable that, yeah it's super doable i'm not saying I'd it's pay not you doable. 10 bucks if you can if you can set up my i'd pay you 30 bucks i don't know like 10 bucks a so what meeting. would you do you would so you would you're saying okay you would get value from this but you're gonna what give me 10 of your contacts and you want me to figure out yeah just be like here are my closest your friends if you can just text them and like figure out when they're free this is when i'm free if we're both free at the same time set up a you know a hangout okay yeah i'm very very curious um but you're gonna get a lot of feedback if they're like uh, it's kind of hard because there are multiple variables now with the ten dollars i don't know what to test Mm -hmm. there first you kind of got to pick a number at some point but you can be like oh are they pushing back on the number are they pushing back on the idea you figure out where where you tweak it right and that but that's why i want to film this i i think that kind of diligent specific testing is like you hear about it, right? You hear about it in hindsight and someone, some successful company, like their, their CEOs, like, yeah, we did th- on how I built this. They're like, we did this test. We were just running around like selling shirts and, but we didn't ever see it. And I think that's why it'd be so cool to see right now. True. Pop. Okay. okay that's step number one. I will tackle that on Monday. Um, we're going over, I'm getting hungry. The caffeine is long gone. It, it, it exited <laughs> my down. system. It just, I was sweating it out when you told you me about the friction problem the you're having. <laughs> I need to sit and think, but um, this is very good. And I feel like we're going to have to come back and kind of keep checking in on this at, at different times. Um, what else? That's it. I don't know what we're doing tomorrow. I really want to do more book clubs because I'm excited. Pod clubs we haven't done in a while, but you know, we'll, well just Let's do wing a pod it. club. Want to do a pod club? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I'm listening to. Listen to a lot of Peter we'll, McKinnon, we'll put, but that is we'll not in the show notes this. of like this is the pod tomorrow. We still got to decide. Belky's got a lot to figure out. In his These life are also right like what we're six days behind. I'm like, I don't know when this is going out. I don't know <laughs> when we got to listen to the pod. It's probably like, a week from today. Okay. All right. All right. Peace. Thanks for listening. Woo! Hopefully that was interesting. We'll see what's going on with Dunbar soon. Lots. Updates to come. Yep. All right. See you. <laughs>